Jesse Kelly show. Let's have some fun on a Friday and ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Gosh, it's going to be a good day today. Why? Well, I'm here for one. Two, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions that you emailed into jesse at jessekellyshow.com are fantastic. We have a construction worker running for office. We have a school teacher desperate to do something. What can you do? There's Joe Biden talk. Someone asked a question about me, and you know those are my favorite questions, Chris. <laughs> how, how did I get my start? We'll talk about it. Some guy's wife is a bad eater. Like, she has no taste in food. I have personal experience with this. Overall, it's going to be a great night here on the Jesse Kelly Show. No guests. No phone calls. It's just me and your emails tonight. And yeah, let's have a good time. But before we get to the good time portion, I am a slave to the news cycle and I'm forced to bring you the latest and greatest news out there. Although greatest, if I had to do that sentence over again, I probably wouldn't say greatest. Gavin Newsom He's the governor of California. I, I, I know you realize that, but sometimes I like to break news to people who don't know. He's the governor of California, and today he stood up and he made an announcement, and wow. And that's why we recognize our responsibility to do more, and that's what we are announcing here today. A statewide requirement for in-person instruction for all of our children to add to a well-established list that currently includes 10 vaccinations and well-established rules and regulations that have been advanced by the legislature for decades to add to that list the vaccination uh, for COVID-19. We intend to do that once the FDA has fully approved the vaccine, which will give us time to work with districts, give us time to work with parents, Okay, calm down, everybody, calm down. Now, I, I understand we have a huge audience in California, and there's probably nothing I can do to make you calm down at this point in time. I, I, I get that, but just hang on for a minute, okay? Hang on. I have some bad news slash good news I need to bring you. One, it, but this this is going to hurt because I, I love my Californian friends so much, and they're hurting today. I'm getting text messages and I don't want the, my kids to do it. Let's let's cover a couple things. One, this is not scientific. This has nothing to do with coronavirus. It does not. We have almost two years of data now. Kids are not at risk from coronavirus. They simply are not. I don't have to get it on here behind the microphone and, and kind of mealy mouth my way around it. Well, I mean, you should be extra safe. No, I have data. Unless your child is morbidly obese, your child is not at risk from coronavirus. Kids are not at risk for it. And so this is, of course, ridiculous. Okay, let's set that aside for a moment. That, that's, 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 the, that's the small thing. There's a bigger thing happening right now in America, and I don't like where it's going. And I'm not going to take a great deal of pleasure in bringing this news to you, this, this opinion to you. Nevertheless, I do think I'm right. Okay, what's Gavin Newsom doing? Boy, what's he doing? This is going to anger parents. This is People are going to be mad at him. No, you're going to be mad at him. 
I'm going to be mad at him. Gavin Newsom just won his recall easily. Gavin Newsom, after almost two years of abusing the businesses, children, people of his state, and not only abusing people with his coronavirus restrictions, getting caught multiple times violating his own restrictions. So he not only abused you, he laughed in your face while he did it. And then he turned around and won his recall easily. And this is going to apply to the entire United States of America. I'm just using California as one example here. What does it say to you? What does it say to you? The majority of people in blue areas, in blue states, they do not hate these lockdowns. They do not hate these mandates. They love them. They love them. You know what? Play the Chris. I was on Tucker Carlson last night, and my argument I'm about to make you make to you is the same one I made on Tucker Carlson last night. So I might as well play it and brag about myself while I do it. Chris, play me on Tucker last night. I will actually disagree with you on something. I don't think most people looked at that video and thought, I want to go to Florida. I think maybe half the country looked at that video and thought they wanted to go to Florida. I think people look at those videos you were just playing from Australia, and I think half the country wants that here. I do not think we are a one nation anymore. We are at least two separate nations. And that they're putting out attack pieces that look like puff pieces to people like you and me tells you all you need to know. Boy, I, I, I hope you're wrong. Part of me senses you're not wrong. You really are wrong, I've noticed. Um, so I wonder if people who looked at that Ron DeSantis ad or looked at the Australia footage and said, oh, I'm really glad the cops are beating unarmed protesters with batons for not wearing masks. Maybe those people will be deterred from going to Florida or other free states. Well, that's why I think we're already separating as a nation, because I think they are, Tucker. I think it shows that when you look at the people leaving California and going to a place like Texas, we have numbers now. They are mostly Republican. It's mostly Republicans leaving New York and going to Florida. The nation is separating because we are such different people. Tucker, what do we have in common anymore? Well, one, one side believes babies should be protected. The other openly brags about slaughtering them. One side believes basic biology things. A man, born a man, remains a man. The other side believes that can be taken care of with a scalpel and some lipstick. We don't have things in common. Even our foreign adversaries. China's our enemy. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs, he's inside China. The only person deeper inside China than him is Eric Swalwell. Half the country knows China's an enemy. We just don't share things in common. <laughs> I'm sorry, the Swalwell stuff just always gets me. <laughs> Uh, Remember the House Intelligence Committee, sex with a Chinese spy. Thank you for reminding us of that, Jesse Keller. There there was a silver lining to the dark cloud of your analysis. Great to see you. I meant what I said. Not just about the Swalwell thing either. Going forward from here, this is what I'm trying to get across to you. Going forward from here, states like California that you know I love, states like New York, you know I love, right? I, I love all these places. It only gets worse. It only gets worse. Why? The voters in these states, 
Not all of them. I'm not talking about you specifically. I know we have this huge California audience, but the majority, remember, all they need is a majority. The majority of voters in these states love this stuff. These politicians who are abusing their citizens with all this medical tyranny across the country, they are not paying a political price. That is hard for me to understand. And maybe it's hard for you to understand, but it's true. The United States of America went to the polls in November and voted for Joe Biden. And you can argue about, well, they cheated or something like that. Okay, even if they did, half the country still did. Half the country went to the polls and said, I want more tyranny. Coronavirus has not hurt the Democratic Party. They have the House, Senate, and presidency. Gavin Newsom got reelected. Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, doing fine. Bill de Blasio's not up for re-election in New York City. He'd be re-elected if he was. People do not look at these tyrannical, absurd coronavirus restrictions. The people in blue areas, the majority of people in blue areas, do not look at these and say to themselves, oh, I can't wait for this to end. They look at this stuff and they say, I want more. I can't relate to that way of thinking. You probably cannot relate to that way of thinking. Nevertheless, that's reality. That is reality. People aren't hearing these things and finding out about this new mandate here, a new requirement there, and employer mandates. People in blue areas, people on the left are not hearing these things and getting angry. They're angry. They're angry they're not doing more. Do you have any idea what percentage of the communists in this country would sign up tomorrow for a plan to force you to get a vaccination? And I don't mean your employer. I mean sending the authorities to your home and tying you down and putting a vaccine in your arm. You think I'm over the top or out of line? You don't even want to know how high that percentage is. You don't want to know. It's brutally high. So we're going someplace. I'm going someplace with this. I'll explain in just a second. Jesse Kelly. Jesse Kelly show on a Friday and ask Dr. Jesse Friday. And and, when I bring you this news, I'm not happy about it. But again, I want to play this for you. I want to play this for you. And I understand her voice is difficult to hear. Here is New York's governor. Remember, New York is a really important state. Here's New York's governor, Kathy Hochul on apostles. God did answer our prayers. He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers, he made them come up with a vaccine. That is from God to us. And we must say, thank you, God. Thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say, I'm vaccinated. All of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones. But you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. You hear that. You hear that and you recoil in horror. 
Again, whether you're vaccinated or not, you hear a politician talking like that and you recoil in horror. Half the country, half, at least, maybe more, maybe 55, 60%, but we'll just, we'll stick with half. Half the country loves that. Half the country wants more of it. Half. And and if you say something, remember, if you say something to me like, oh, Jesse, that's not true. It's only uh, like 20%. Stop saying that to me. Everybody does not matter equally. Remember, I'm the one who tells you equality is a myth. There's no such thing. Your, uh, your uncle who who only watches football, he doesn't care about politics. It doesn't mean he's a bad person. He's fine. It's just as good a person as the rest of us. He's probably a lot happier, but he doesn't matter. Sorry. The politically involved will decide the direction of this nation, not the uninterested masses. This has always been the case. Half the country wants more tyranny. Half the country is horrified by this tyranny. So what am I saying? What what do I mean by all this? Well, we are separating as a country. I talk all the time about national divorce. You've heard me talk about it a thousand times. I'll probably bring it up again today. I I talk all the time about national national divorce. And no, I don't think it's going to happen. We're not going to sit down as adults tomorrow and decide, well, you can have this and we'll take that and you take that. I, I, I get that. But it's already happening, and you are about to witness in the next three, four, five years, you're about to witness it happen faster than you think. No, I don't think we'll be divorced in five years, but it's already happening uh, nationally. Naturally, I should say. It already is. I have so many friends in California right now. Uh, Newsom, of course, just made this announcement. Remember Newsom, he, he stood up. And with that stupid voice of his, Newsom announced this today. And that's why we recognize our responsibility to do more. And that's what we are announcing here today. A statewide requirement for in-person instruction for all of our children to add to a well-established list that currently includes 10 vaccinations and well-established rules and regulations that have been advanced by the legislature for decades to add to that list the vaccination uh, for COVID-19. We intend to do that once the FDA has fully approved the vaccine, which will give us time to work with districts. Give us time. Half the country is horrified by that. Half is, half is thrilled. I, my friends in California, and I've had many friends, they were, they were so mad after the recall that they were leaving, but I also have a bunch of friends in California who were just who they were still taking that line of "I'm not going, I'm going to stay and fight." And I get that. Remember, I respect that. I don't agree, but I respect it. Totally respect that. I'm hearing from a lot of them today. Jesse, I have to leave now. I'm not giving this to my kids. I'm not giving it to my kids. And I will. I'll be honest with you. There's nothing you could do to make me give that to my kids. Nothing. My kids are not at risk from coronavirus. They've each already had it, by the way. And we don't have to ignore things like the severe reaction some, especially young men, are having to this thing. Severe reaction young men are having. I would never give that to my children. And so what's a parent supposed to do? What if you're in San Diego right now? What choice do you have? You're leaving. This is... I hate saying this. 
This is tearing us apart as a country, and it's going to continue to do so. Because the people who are putting this tyranny on you, the people putting this tyranny on me, they are not paying a political price for this. Joe Biden is the president. Nancy Pelosi is the Speaker of the House. Chuck Schumer, Senate Majority Leader. Gavin Newsom is governor. Kathy Hochul, governor of New York. Bill de Blasio, again, not running for re-election, would win if he was. Lori Lightfoot in Chicago. What are people supposed to do? What are New Yorkers supposed to do? Huh? What choice do they have? Because you know all this is coming. All of it is coming. If you're a parent right now hearing my voice in New York, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And the reason I say it only gets worse is, remember, this isn't done. This isn't the last thing. There's going to be another thing and another thing and another thing and another thing. And have you seen have you seen the image out there of the cargo ships being held off our shore that cannot unload? Have you seen the image? If you haven't, Chris, do me a favor, put that up on the uh, uh, on the show's Twitter page at Jesse Kelly shows the show's Twitter page. My personal one is at Jesse Kelly DC, but we try to put like visual stuff up on the Twitter page. There is there's an image floating around out there where you can get you have like this above point of view. Of the, of the ships, the cargo ships being held offshore. This is going to collapse certain industries. And the people who should be stopping it, sounding the alarm, reversing course, they're going full speed ahead. What are you going to do, New Yorker? What are you going to do? You got to get out, right? Like our friend Carol Markowitz with the New York Post said, you got to get out. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday and Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Look, look, one more thing. I'm going to get to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions here in just a second, but one more thing. Remember yesterday, the Brian Landry scumbag that apparently killed this girl? We think he killed her. We don't know. Dog the bounty. Hunter's looking for the guy. The FBI's looking for the guy. And I told you I was going to give you a controversial opinion yesterday, and I came on the air, and of course, because it was controversial, I'm going to repeat it, and it made a bunch of people mad. I just said, my people are my people. My sons are my sons. I understand if his parents are helping him out. If my sons came to me and did something unspeakable, I would want them to turn themselves in. But if they said, Dad, help, I ain't turning them in. And we got so many, it was so evenly split. So many people emailing in and saying, oh, I'm 100% with you. And we had a bunch of people are like, I'm never listening again, swine. <laughs> Look, yes, you are. Don't lie. Don't lie. You'll be back. <laughs> All right. Again, one more thing on this. One more thing. When I say we're separating, I want I want to play this for you. This is an ad. We played it yesterday, at least some of it yesterday. This is an ad taken out by the communists in Florida against Ron DeSantis. I played it yeah, last night. You hear this ad. And you say to yourself, wow, what kind of hit piece is this? It makes Ron DeSantis sound awesome. That's what I said. The communists hear this ad, and they say to themselves, 
this guy's a monster. Why isn't he more tyrannical? Why isn't he forcing people to do things? They're just as horrified as you are for a different reason. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of your cabin crew, we'd like to inform you that we have officially entered Florida airspace. Now that we're making our final descent, Please watch this short message from Governor Ron DeSantis on COVID-19. Thereafter, everyone on board will be required to comply with the state's forever purge. We are not doing any vaccine passports in the state of Florida. We trust people to make their own decisions in this state. We are not going to be bludgeoning people with restrictions and mandates and lockdowns or any of that stuff. As Governor DeSantis stated, while you're within state lines, you do not have to wear a mask. You do not have to get a vaccine. It is against the law for private businesses or schools to mandate masks or vaccines. And you have the absolute right to infect whoever you want, whenever and wherever with COVID-19. Thank you for traveling with us. And please, enjoy your forever purge. COVID-19 is surging again. This is the time to double down. The governor is doubling down. You hear that ad and you say to yourself, wow, Ron DeSantis sounds awesome. Sign me up for heavy D. They hear that ad and they're just as horrified as the people who made it. We're racing in opposite directions. All right, that's enough of that nonsense. Get to some Ask Dr. Jesse questions here on a Friday. El Sombrero. Not so much a question for the good doctor as it is about your personal journey. I've gotten my wife into listening to your show daily, and she never misses. However, if she asks me, however, she asked me if I know how you got started. She knows that Michael Berry was involved in getting you into media, but wants to know how did you get involved with Michael? Did he hear about you and call you? Did you call into his show? So on and so forth. What came before him becoming your mentor? Also, about Mrs. Dr. Kelly. Curious what took her family to Kanukistan. Was it work, family, fleeing the draft? <laughs> her family. The wife was born in Ohio, okay? She's an American. She had to move to Canada when she was two, and it was work. It, it was uh, my father-in-law. It was, it was a work thing. Okay, so here's, here's my story. I mean, who doesn't want to hear about me? There's nothing I love talking more about than myself. I, uh, you know I ran for Congress a couple times in Arizona. Let, 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 let's go all the way back. After high school, I go to Montana State University. Uh, after my first semester, I got a 0.0 grade point average at Montana State University. That's not made up. If I remember right, we still have my transcript on the website. Just showing people that's real. Second semester went marginally better. You know, a couple Bs and a C kind of thing. After that first year in college decided, wow, you are really, really immature and clearly need to grow up a bit. So without telling my parents or anybody else, again, I I don't ever dip my toe in the water and things. You're going to find that out as I tell my story here really quickly. I don't dip my toe in the water. When I go, I go all in. So I didn't talk, talk to anybody. I didn't tell friends. I didn't tell my parents. I didn't ask for advice. I walked right down to the Marine Corps recruiting office. I didn't even check in with the Army or Navy or Air Force. Well, I mean, I like girls, so I wouldn't have checked in with it. No, quit, Chris. But I, I just walked right into the Marine Corps recruiting office, and I said, sign me up. And he said, uh, okay. Uh, what, 
what job do you want to do? And I said, infantry. I want to be in the Marine Corps infantry. And then I, he shipped me off because you have to take a test. I don't know whether they still take this test. I'm assuming they do. It was called the ASVAB back in the day. And shockingly, I actually killed it. I mean, just killed it on the ASVAB test. And I go back and he says, are you sure you want to do infantry? Because your ASVAB score actually qualifies you to do whatever you want. And again, really genius, Jesse. I said, nope, I want to be in the infantry. You can keep your book of uh, – because he had handed me a binder of all these jobs I could have. I was like, no, infantry. <laughs> so then I tell my parents, and uh, they were <clears throat> upset, to put it mildly. Upset. And then my dad was twice as upset when he asked what I was going to do, and I told him infantry. He just lost his mind. You're not even going to learn any job skills. You know, you know how dads are. He's a dad, right? So my parents are mad. I joined the Marine Corps four years there, Iraq, and all that stuff. Doesn't matter. I get out of the Marine Corps. I moved to Arizona. Uh, that's where my, my folks, about the time I joined the Marine Corps, had started a construction business, and they had moved it to Arizona. There was more work down there. I, I wanted to get into construction. That's what I'd done as a kid. It's what my dad does. It's what his dad did. So I went down and started working construction uh, in the ditch, that kind of stuff. And I started, I was working out of town a lot. We were doing a job at a little, little place you've never been to and you don't ever need to go called Ajo, Arizona, A-J-O. Yeah, Chris, believe me, you're, you're not going to have passed through there. Just, uh, just a horrible place. But because I, that's a long way of saying I'm working out of town because I was living in Tucson and working out of town. I had never been political. I'd always been history obsessed. And I mean, always, I just consume it as much as I can. Never really that political. The only political talk I ever remember even having with my parents when I was a kid, I was just curious. I think I was in kindergarten, and I came home and asked. I said, Dad, are we Democrats or Republicans? And he says, we're Republicans. And I said, okay, sounds good. And that, that was all I knew. We weren't a real big political household. <clears throat> I start getting into a lot of talk radio just because I have so much time on the road. I'm starting to consume more talk radio, which has me more interested in things like economics. So I start reading economics books, like from Milton Friedman. I start reading political books. I start getting really, really into politics. And then, wham, right about this time, Barack Obama runs for office. And I knew what a radical communist nutball Barack Obama was going to be. I knew what a radical not communist nutball he was. So I decided to run for Congress. Again, not a dip-your-toe-in-the-water guy. I decide to run for Congress. Not city council, not school board. I'm mad. I'm mad as can be, and I'm going all in. I'm going all in. Now, I've never been politically involved because, remember, I just recently got involved in politics. So everyone thought I was nuts. They just thought I was crazy. What, Congress, no one even knows who you are. But I run for Congress, and it turns out... I was pretty good at it. I was pretty good at it. I worked now, granted, I worked my butt off. I worked really, really hard at it. I was at every single event, every Rotary Club, every Republican meeting, just every rubber chicken dinner. I'm there shaking hands, kissing babies, and ended up losing my race for Congress by 4,000 votes. It took them a week to re to, they had to recount the votes because it was so close, but I lost. I run again in a special election. But I'm running against one of the guys who got shot when Gabrielle Giffords got shot because she was my opponent, and he crushes me. I mean, he'd just been shot. I mean, I just got murdered. Well, now I'm all done. I'm all done running for office. I don't want to do it again. And don't email me and ask me to. I'm never doing this again. But I want to stay involved in the fight. And I'll continue my story in just a second. But first, 
husband and wife driving home from dinner. Get stopped at a light, surrounded by an angry mob. They managed to force open the driver's side door and attempt to drag the husband from the car. He reaches for his Hero 2020 non-lethal gun. Pop, pop, shoots his attacker twice in the chest. Remember, no bullets fired. It's not lethal, but it unleashes a brutally powerful chemical pepper irritant. The attackers had to back away. Husband and wife to this day, to this day, sleep soundly in their beds together because of Hero. Go get one. Go to Hero2020.com and use the code JESSE. It'll get you a special discount. Hero2020.com. Code is JESSE. Remember, state law restrictions may apply. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday and ask Dr. Jesse Friday in case you missed any part of the show. The whole thing is available on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Remember, on iTunes, leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am, Chris. We have new ones, don't we? (laughs) Chris is going to print me out some new ones. They're the best. And remember, you can email me anything. Your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. They all go right to Chris. He prints them all off for me. I read every single one of them. I will not respond to you. I get way too many. Plus, I'm a very rude person. I don't even respond to most text messages. But you can email jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Now, before the break, someone was asking about how I got into media. And I'm, I'm laying all this out for everybody. Basically, in case you missed it, Marine Corps, got out of the Marine Corps, ran for Congress a couple times in Arizona, lost a couple times. And now I'm at this place in my life. I mean, I'm living in Arizona, got a wife, two young kids. And I could go back and continue doing construction for my old man. And it's a great living, right? But I want to stay in the fight somehow. I want, I'm, I'm so passionate about the country and politics. I want to stay in the fight. So one of the groups that supported me for Congress, heavily supported me for Congress because I was so far to the right. I know you're going to find that shocking, but I was so far to the right. One of these heavy, heavy right-wing groups from Washington, D.C., They approached me and said, hey, you want to be our director of development? You'd have to move back to Washington, D.C., but director of development's a fancy way of saying you're the one who raises us money, by the way. They just call it director of development because no one wants to be called a fundraiser, I guess. We needed to ask people for money. (laughs) All right. So setting that aside, I moved back to D.C., and oh, my gosh, it's so terrible there. I hated it. And I've lived everywhere. I've hated it. Oh, Chris, yes, you have no idea. If Chris is doing that, he's asking about money. I know we're all shocked by that. Yes, it was so expensive. So expensive. I've told this before to people, and this is no insult to the company that hired me or anything like that. I got offered $75,000 a year to move back there. Now, I don't know your financial situation. I'm sure that there's a bunch of poor, a bunch of rich. Uh, that is huge money to me. Huge money. I, so I thought I was rich, right? 75 grand a year. And the wife and I, we don't have expensive vices. We just do not. I mean, we eat out, but it's 
we don't we don't have boats and jet skis and second houses. I've cleaned up my cocaine problem. I'm kidding. I never had a cocaine problem. In all seriousness, I don't gamble really. I don't. We don't have expensive vices, and I know some people do. It's fine. So I'm thinking, woo, seventy five grand a year, baby. Just get me a Rolex. We got back there, and remember, this is without expensive vices. We could barely keep our heads above water, making $75,000 a year. It's so expensive. It's so congested because D.C., you have to cross a bridge to get into it. And I would try, I was 11 miles from my front door to my, to my office, right? 11 miles. It was not at all uncommon for it to take an hour and 20, hour and a half for me to get home. Or or to work, it was that bad. The traffic was terrible. Uh, the 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 history of it is really cool, as you can imagine. I loved the history of it. Loved the history of it. The museums and the stuff. I mean, the and powerful stuff too. It's not just cool museums. Like the spy museum is really cool, but the Holocaust Museum of uh, of DC. I know there's a couple Holocaust museums out there. But the one in D.C., it is it is special. Chris, it's actually something you should really go see. I think it's something everybody should go see. It's not like the one right here, idiot. It's better than this one. It, it's, it's the best one in the world, I think. Don't, don't quote me on that, but I think it's the best one in the world. And it really is powerful. We took our kids. We wanted them to see. You know, this is, this is something that happened. We wanted them to see it. All right. I, I'm getting sidetracked here. But other than that, I hated Washington, D.C., Shockingly, for all the money that's there, the food is dreadful. And I love food all over the country. Again, I've lived everywhere. I love the pizza and Italian food of the Northeast. I love the Mexican food of Texas and Arizona. California, I've always loved California seafood. And frankly, California's Mexican food is good. The South, oh, the fried chicken and stuff. And I love food everywhere. D.C.'s food is awful. It's, it's just awful. There aren't great food spots. And this is what really got me. Everyone's so rude. I'm a, I'm a huge, I know I'm a bad person, but I'm a huge manners person. Hold doors open for people. When someone holds one open for you, you say thank you. When a, when a car stops and they allow you to cross the street, you hurry your butt across the street and then you give them a little wave or a head nod, a, a little thank you for stopping. Like Just basic stuff like that. I'm huge on that. Please, thank you. There's none of that back there. It, oh, I, I hated it. Hated it. And I remember one day I was going to uh, Subway. Subway with my kid. And I'd been around the block a few times. Remember, I've been around the world in some ugly places. That was the first time I had ever ordered a Subway sandwich that was given to me through bulletproof glass. Bulletproof glass. They, to, to get your sandwich, they have a little turntable thing at the end where they set the sandwich on there, and you have to set your money on there, and then they turn the turntable, and you get your sandwich that way. Bulletproof glass. And it, was, it, it hit me. It, I, I was thinking to myself, man, I don't want to raise my sons here. I, I just don't want to raise. That was really it. It was about the kids. They talked to, started talking to the wife about it, and we're just like, Wait, I don't want to raise my kids like this in this environment. What, Chris? No, that was a different day, Chris. Chris asked if that was the same day I ate the sandwich on the Lincoln Memorial Steps. All right, we're not going into that right now, Chris. All right, so decide we're moving. Now, moving where? I don't know. Didn't want to go back to Arizona. Wanted to move to blood-red America somewhere. Uh, What am I going to do? 
I don't know that either. I, I didn't know. And it's not like I have a, a, a not like I have a ton of skills on construction, project management, but I don't even have a degree. I, I didn't know what I was going to do. All we knew is that we wanted to move and we wanted to go someplace that shared our values. So without a job, without a destination in mind, I quit my job and we piled the family in a minivan. Yes, we owned a minivan, okay? It was cheap. And we started driving. I'll tell you the rest in just a second. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, hour two on a Friday. I'm continuing my story here. Someone asked how I got into this whole racket. <laughs> I'm, I'm explaining the, well, I pretty much fell backwards into the whole thing, into the entire thing. Now, where we left off, in case you missed it, was it was high school to uh, college where I basically flunked out to the Marine Corps to Arizona where I was working construction to running for office in Arizona twice, losing twice, moved to D.C. to stay involved in politics, despised how rude it was, how expensive it was, and then I quit my job with no job and no idea even where I was going to go, threw the family in a minivan, and we started driving. Where were we driving? We were driving through Red America. North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee. Gosh, Tennessee is such a sweet state. I mean, all those states. I just, I love, I love the South. Alabama, Florida. We're driving through various cities, and I'm pretty much just looking for work. I'm stopping. I'm, I'm applying with various political groups because all these cities, all these states have big political groups, uh, and I'm just not finding anything. I'm not finding anything. And so we swing our way down south. Like I said, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, all this stuff. Finally, we get clear to Dallas, Texas. And I didn't want to go any further west. And I didn't know what to do. I'm running out of money. Uh, we're staying in a hotel. I have no job. Not exactly. And this is... Uh, Six, seven years ago? This is not that long ago. Maybe eight years ago. I probably have my network. It's right. It's not long ago. I'm out of options. We decide. I've called my mom one morning and just check in, say hi, tell her we're alive. And it was Sunday morning. And she said, Hey, why don't you go to church? Uh, what's his name? Chuck Swindoll. Chuck Swindoll, I believe. Uh, I may have that name wrong, but I think that's right. Chuck Swindoll has a a church over there and I had I had when I was a kid I used to I had, I'd read a couple of his devotionals and so Chris said he was a high school junior oh my gosh that's wild anyway so I decided okay well I'll go up and see Chuck Swindoll I didn't have any plans for it so we took the family up there walk into the lobby of the church and right then and there I knew and I mean lobby it's not like I heard him speak or something like that right then I knew I walked in the lobby of the church this was in Frisco Texas just north of Dallas it's a Dallas suburb I said to the wife I said this is where we're moving she said okay feels right we're moving here so we did we go back pack up uh where we were living well first we picked out a house and because I had to sell the other place long story short I had enough money for the down payment on a house in Frisco we move into the home 
But remember, I still don't have a job. We have now moved to a place without a job. Remember, I make really dumb decisions. I I, I don't dip my toe in the water when I want to go. I go. And believe me, that's not the last time you're going to hear me say that. It's just, and this has resulted in some horrific failures. Horrific failures and. I mean, you're hearing my voice now, some unbelievable successes that are completely not on me. All right. So I get to Frisco. Still need to work. I am so desperate to work. I start looking on Craigslist for a job because Craigslist, I don't even know if Craigslist still exists. Does it still exist, Chris? And I don't. Okay. Chris says it does. Do they still advertise jobs? Well, they didn't advertise many even back then, but I start looking on Craigslist and I see an RV dealership in my area is advertising they want salesmen. Well, I've never sold anything before. You know, I was a Marine and construction and stuff like that. I, but I figured I could probably sell something. Went down, applied. They called me for an interview. I showed up in a suit. Kids, I don't care what your parents said, what your teachers said. You show up in a suit and tie if you're a dude for an interview. Ah, but it's only McDonald's. Suit and tie. Every single time. There is no excuse. And I stood there in the lobby with three or four other guys applying to be an RV salesman. And they were all dressed like turds who just rolled out of bed. And there's me sitting there upright in a suit and tie. Guess who got hired that day? The one who cared enough to dress up for the interview. So I get hired. I turn out to be really good at it. They make me a sales manager after a year. So I'm just killing it over there. And I do this for a few years up in uh, this. The, the, the lot was in Denton, Texas, up close to Frisco, whatever, Dallas area. And they, I'm doing so well. The RV dealership is deciding they're opening up a huge mega store down here in the Houston area. They asked me if I'll go be a sales manager there. Well, it was just a, a no-brainer money decision-wise. It was way more money, so it was a bigger store. I said, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll move down to Houston. That got me to Houston. And this is about four years ago. I am still interested in politics. Uh, I'll, I'll, I started getting more active on social media when it came to politics. My Twitter account really is where this thing began. I started, I, I hadn't even tweeted in, in years, and all of a sudden I just decided to start tweeting about politics. And this shows the power of social media. Down here in Houston and across many of our great cities in this country, there is a nationally syndicated radio host named Michael Berry. I did not know him when I moved down here. He did not know me. He read something I'd put on Twitter one time, and he thought it was really interesting. So he shoots me a message and he says, hey, I'm Michael Berry. Would you want to come be a guest on my show? And I knew who Michael Berry was. He didn't know who I was, but I knew who Michael Berry was. And I'm thinking to myself, well, sure. But I didn't think anything of it. I did TV and radio hits on occasion for people. It wasn't like, it wasn't like my heart was pumping and I thought there was some great opportunity here. I was just going to talk about politics for a few minutes on the radio. So I go on with Michael Berry, and I must have killed because he kept me on for two or three segments. And I'm doing this from my RV dealership, right? Hang up the phone. No big deal. Segment's over. I don't think anything of it. Go back to try to sell some RVs, make a living. I'm on my way home that night, and I'm in the mood for something pretty high-end. So I went to Taco Bell, and I'm sitting there in the line, the drive through line at Taco Bell. Phone rings. I look. It's Michael Berry. I must have really killed. It's Michael Berry. 
So I answer the phone. He keeps me on the phone for a half hour. We're just gabbing. Turns out we end up having a lot in common, and I start hanging out with him a lot in my spare time. We're hanging out. He had a big, uh, a big like honky tonk bar here called Redneck Country Club. It doesn't exist anymore, but we would hang out on his back porch having some bourbons. And he, at some point, said, "Hey, I think if you wanted to get into media of some kind, I think you could be really special at it if you wanted to give it a shot." Well, I was in a place where I thought to myself. Okay, I'm doing it. Again, no more dipping the toe in the water. So I quit my job again. Once again, I quit my job and I just throw myself into media. I start doing these things called Jesse Kelly Brief. They're still on YouTube, Jesse Kelly Brief. They were, if I say so myself, hilarious. I would sit down. They were two minutes long. There was a timer behind me the audience could see, and it was as low rent, low end as you can possibly imagine, intentionally so. I even left the the clock, the countdown timer, slightly crooked because it drove people crazy who had OCD. People would write in and be like, can you fix the clock? The clock is crooked. And I had these stupid drawings with it, and I started doing that. Well... I'll, I'll say this for anybody who's interested in getting into media. I, I say that because people ask me all the time, how can I get in? How can I get started? I'm not an expert. I don't know. But I will tell you this. Start putting content out there. Just get content out there on YouTube or Instagram or whatever you do. You never know who's watching because there were a couple different people watching. One, Michael Berry was trying to get me and did get me a radio show on KPRC, a local Houston radio station, still on the great KPRC. I'm talking to people in Houston on it right now. A 7 to 8 o'clock at night show. 7 to 8 o'clock at night, just a one-hour show, but it was a foot in the door. I get my one-hour show. And Chris was there. Chris was just a board op. He was just he ran the board for for all the radio shows on KPRC. It's when I met Chris first night on the job. I meet Chris, and the radio show turns out to kill. And I, I do have to clarify. I have fun with all the bragging stuff. I genuinely do not know why it kills. Chris says because I did not know what I was doing, and I mean I did not know what I was doing. I had I, it's not like I had classes on this. I just sat down and talked. And when Chris told me, stop talking, you, we have to go to break, I would stop talking because we had to go to break. And then when he said, start again, I would just start talking again. So it ends up killing. It kills so much, they move it from five to seven. Now I have a two-hour show, drive time, right? It's a big deal. And already, I think I've got it made. I think I've got it made. Well, there was somebody else watching Jesse Kelly Brief when I was doing Jesse Kelly Brief, more than just the local KPRC thing. And I will tell you that story and cap this off and then get to the rest of your questions here in just a moment. But do you have gold yet? Because Oxford Gold will deliver it to your front door. When I open my safe, I have you know uh, the, the normal things you would expect in a safe, a little extra cash. I don't keep a lot of that, though. Passport, weapons, jewelry, and gold from Oxford Gold Group. Because that is the one thing that is not subject to the whims of politicians out there. And Oxford Gold Group makes it cake to get it delivered to your house. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 
Tell Oxford Gold Group Jesse told you to call. They will take special care of you. I know them personally. 833-995-GOLD, Oxford Gold Group. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. Well, the kids don't eat and the dog can't sleep. There's no it is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday and Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Got to wrap up my story here. The, the, the question was how I got into media because we got to get a lot more. Um, my show moves from a, a one hour at night show in Houston, seven, or, uh, seven to eight to, to drive time, five to seven. So right away, I thought I had it made. But the first TV, the first TV, I do a TV show every night now. It's on my TV's on my show's on 9 p.m. Eastern every single night. As soon as this show's over, my TV show begins. They were starting a network. These guys were starting a new network called the First TV. They were also watching Jesse Kelly Brief. Again, you never know who's watching. They call. They say, hey, we think you could do a TV show. So they made me an offer. I signed up, and I started a TV show with them. This is about three years ago. Well, two and a half years ago. Also, the radio show. Again, you never know who's listening. Turns out there was a national syndication company called Key Networks. They were listening. They thought it was really, really good. They thought it was special. So Key Networks signed me. Now, they're, they're a smaller national syndication company, but, but, but still, guys work 20, 30 years, never get nationally syndicated, right? So again, I, at this point in time, I think I'm king of the world, and I've got it made, and, and, and life is good. Little did I know, the largest syndication company by a mile, Premier Networks, they were also listening. And this is only about, shoot, three or four months ago, uh, Rush Limbaugh passed away. Buck Sexton, who used to be in this spot, as many of you know, he moved to Rush Limbaugh's spot. He does that show with Clay and Buck. I just a lot of you heard me on Clay and Buck earlier today. Well, that left open this radio spot. And this radio spot for Premier Networks, everybody in the country pretty much, outside of two or three guys who already have a, a spot, Pretty much everyone in the country wanted that phone call from Premier Networks to have a, their show here. You know, talk, me talking to you. And I still to this day have no idea why I got that phone call. And so now I'm here talking to you. And if that sounds like the most, the, the, the luckiest way to fall into a media career, that's because it's the luckiest way to fall into a media career, and I have no earthly idea why you enjoy this so much, but I enjoy this. Every time someone asks me how I'm doing at one of the bosses, how are you doing? I tell them all, I'm having the time of my life. Chris and I just come and screw off. We screw off. We send our personal assistant, well, our, our production assistant, to be fair, Michael, we sent him on a beer run during the show yesterday. We're, we were eating pizza and jalapeno cheese bombers in between segments yesterday, we just fun. We just have fun, but that's how I got here. There you go, <clears throat> Doctor Jesse. Please give warning before you play any more clips of that crazy New York commie Hokel. Her voice made me want to drive into oncoming traffic. <laughs> anyway, what are your top five breakfast cereals, Chris? Let's give this man a little more Hokel first, please. God did answer our prayers. 
He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers. He made them come up with a vaccine. That is from God to us. And we must say, thank you, God. Thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say, I'm vaccinated. All of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones. But you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. <laughs> I'm sorry to do that to you. I had to. Look, are we, are we grown up enough on this show to admit that Hulk was kind of hot? What, Chris? She's 63, dude. She's kind of a dime for 63. You know what? We're going mo- to move on here. Top five breakfast cereals. I don't know if I can do top five. Obviously, obviously Captain Crunch is number one. There's not really a debate about that. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, I would say, is number two. I'm going to leave it there because I'm actually not a cereal man anymore. And I should be a cereal man, but I'm not. Dear wise Oracle, leader of the anti-communists, I took your advice. I'm running for school board here in southwest Colorado. Before I go on, once again, let me tell you something. Run for school board. Run for city council. Run for mayor. Run for sheriff. Run for DA. We need to fight locally. Federally, we are in deep trouble, likely trouble we cannot possibly overcome. But we have a million different local places we can save and we can do a lot of good and we can fortify our local areas against these people. I'll point back to this again. Remember, remember what Gavin Newsom said today? I played it earlier in the show. Chris, play this Gavin Newsom clip again. Remember what Gavin Newsom said? And remember what I told you as you listen to his voice. Half the country loves this. Half the country's horrified by it. And that's why we recognize our responsibility to do more. And that's what we are announcing here today. A statewide requirement for in-person instruction for all of our children to add to a well-established list that currently includes 10 vaccinations and well-established rules and regulations that have been advanced by the legislature for decades to add to that list the vaccination uh, for COVID-19. We intend to do that once the FDA has fully approved the vaccine, which will give us time to work with districts, give us time to work with parents. Half the country hates that. Half the country loves it. What does this have to do with his email about running for school board? Listen, if you're in a place, and I know I have, I know I have a bunch of people who are in California, New York, one of these places, Boston. We're on, obviously, the great WRKO in Boston. If you're in one of these places and you've been going through horrible COVID stuff for two years, you should know that in July, we were having gigantic neighborhood barbecues. July of last year, outside, kids, water balloons, kids in school, unmasked. When I say run for school board, what I'm telling you is if you get to an area, Get to an area where they share your values. You will have a better life. Your kids will have a better life. All of America is not miserable right now. If you're stuck in a place that makes you miserable, get out. 
get to a different state, get to the burbs if you if that'll help. Get out. You don't have to live like a prisoner all the time, all right? But I'll get back to his email because he brings up a good point about the Republican Party. Hang on. Oh, we have a local school teacher telling kids to kill their local police chief. Hmm, that seems healthy. We're going to get to that in just a second. Let me finish this guy's email. He said, I took your advice. I'm running for school board here in southwest Colorado. I'm just a construction worker with no kids yet. I'm only half as smart as you are. First of all, don't ever dog on yourself for being a construction worker. I've worked a lot of construction in my life. There are some seriously sharp guys working construction and guys making a lot more money than people think working construction. Anyway, our anti-communist messaging is really well received by everyday people here. What's disgusting is the amount of coward mess and corruption within the Republican establishment, even in these small conservative towns. They refuse to do or support anything that makes them feel uncomfortable. The people here are sick of it. They want fighters, and they're ready to vote for leadership positions, and they're ready to vote the leadership positions out, except for our dime Congresswoman Lauren, of course. <laughs> you can say my name. He said his name is Andrew. One, we do need to get Bobert back on. I love Lauren. She's awesome. She's good people. We need to get Lauren back on the show. Two, this is why I tell people, you just heard his email. This is why I tell people, this is why I tell you, run, run. You think you're not qualified or you can't do it. or You're exactly what we need. What we don't need is the losers who are currently there. The losers who have done nothing. They just exist there so they can feel important. Not so they can fight the communists. Not so they can stand up to you or stand up for you, they're there so they can be in charge of the Republican meeting and feel important, and, and maybe the congressman will visit when he's in town. You go run. The people in positions of power suck. You're the one with the guts to do it. And I don't want to hear, I love that this guy, I'm a construction worker, good. Uh, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. Get out there, lady. Go do it. We need you. Go do it. I'm just to this. I'm just to that. No, you're just the person who knows what needs to be done. The idiots that are currently there, those are the ones screwing everything up. All right. Sorry, I got fired up there. We do have some new podcast reviews I should point out. Remember, if you miss any part of the show, the whole thing is podcasted on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating. Leave a review. Similar to these ones. Love this show. This one's titled, Love, Love, Love the Show. I was looking for someone who could fill Rush's shoes. This guy is it. Let's slow down on that one there. Jesse Kelly, most handsome man in radio. I like how Jesse makes me uncomfortable. While always smiling, that beautiful smile of his. You can't even see my smile. I'm on radio. Anyway, Jesse tells the hard truth, good and hard. Then offers ways to fight the Marxists who are currently in charge. He is witty, wise, and winsome, winsome and wild. I will never stop listening to his podcast. He's the best. Chris, what does winsome mean? Can you look it up, please? We're live on the air in front of the United States of America. W-I-N-S-O-M-E, it's spelled, Chris. Don't worry. Nobody's listening. 
<laughs> I went to community college. What's it mean? Gentle and pleasing with childlike charm? That's totally me. I'm so gentle. What? I'm a gentle person. Unlike this school teacher. Exclusive. Oakland Elementary School teacher. Quote, kill your local police chief. Hayden Eller is a third grade teacher at Ames College Prep Elementary School. He wrote a post on Twitter calling for his followers to kill police earlier this year. Chris, would you do me a favor and play our education secretary from yesterday, please? Because I want to get to Secretary Becerra. Do you think parents should be in charge of their child's education as the primary stakeholder? I believe parents are important stakeholders, but I also believe primary. educators have a role in determining uh, educational programming. And I think that's going to be a little out of focus, what I think you're going to find across all elements of education. Since they pay the bills, they raise the kids, they probably need to be the primary uh, spokespeople for their own kids. Get your kids out of government schools and at the same time run for that school board. It's not just the universities anymore. They it starts K through 12. These people are nutballs, man. They 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 are nutballs. They hate the country. They do want to manipulate your kids, turn them against you and themselves and everything else, and they'll pull it off if we don't stop them. All right. Moving on here. Dear all things food god. I've been married to my wife for 6 years now. I love all things food. She, on the other hand, only eats potatoes and meat, beef, pork, or chicken. Chris, you people can eat chicken, right? Just not not pork, right? Okay, not pork. Anyway, she won't eat Mexican, Chinese, definitely not sushi, maybe spaghetti or some basic form of Alfredo. I make two different meals every night, and she gets mad that I won't just eat what she eats. I have her scalloped potatoes down to a science and can have them peeled, cut, and layered in spices and cream in less than four minutes so I can go on to making my own meal. How do I break this cycle? She's a political conservative but a food communist. (laughs) Love the show. Use my name, Barry. All right. I have some experience here. Why? Well, as you know, sadly... My wife grew up in Canada for the most part. And as much as I do actually genuinely love my friends to the north, and as you can see by the old lady, they produce some dimes up there in the north. Canadians cannot eat. It is the most, and look, their food is very Canadian. It's the most bland, flavorless crap you can possibly imagine. There's just, it's just bland. It's just totally bland. I have a theory on this. I don't know that it's true. My theory is, of course, offensive, as you can imagine. What, Chris? Chris said, what about poutine? Let's not get into one one cuisine. They got half right, okay? I know, and it's not even that good. Anyway, my theory on Canada, and again, I, I realize this is offensive, but I don't care. I think it's too white. I do. I, I think the various, the different, the different cultures... Create better foods. I mean, uh, Texas, 
Texas and Mexico have a long history together. It was theirs and it was ours and we're fighting wars and whatnot. So that's a long way of saying Mexican culture is a part of Texas culture. It's part of what makes us who we are. And what does that translate to? Some incredible foods down here with spices and jalapenos and cheeses. and I mean, just amazing food. There are, gosh, within a five-mile radius of this studio, I bet there are 20 Mexican restaurants that are better than anything more. I mean, I mean, 20 good ones. 20 good ones. I think you've got to have some black people in your area. I think you've got to have Asians in your area. You have to have Chinese people if you want good Chinese food, Japanese people if you want Japanese food. And I realize no one talks about this anymore, but that's because everyone's a bunch of sensitive weenies. We can have conversations about the different cultures. Chris complains about the bagels in our area in Houston, and it's not complicated why we don't have good bagels. We don't have enough Jews. You want good bagels? Go to New York City, where there are all kinds of Jews, and they have a great Jewish deli on every corner, and oh my gosh, I can smell them now. Bagels are Jewish food. We don't have enough Jews to have good bagel shops here. It's just It all comes back to different cultures, right? I think that's why Canadian food sucks. I, I think that's why Canadian food is so bland. I've been up there a bunch. I've been up there fishing. I've been up there hunting. I went up there when I was, uh, I think, 19 years old in college because you could drink legally underage there. And, you know, that's what irresponsible kids do who are getting 0.0 grade point averages. Where am I going with all this? I'll explain in just a second. But first, go get some Giza Dream Sheets and get them right now. Why? Because, one, my pillow is a patriotic company. How often do we talk about being more purposeful with where we spend our money and don't spend our money? My pillow loves this country. But, two, these Giza Dream Sheets are seriously the most comfortable things in the history of mankind. And for a limited time only, they're buy one, get one free with the promo code JESSE. Now, you have to go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, and use the promo code JESSE, and you get them buy one, get one free. And remember, all my pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go. Go take advantage of this. Get two sets for the price of one. Buy one, get one free. MyPillow.com, promo code JESSE. Or call 800-845-0544, promo code JESSE. Enjoy. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday and Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. The, the guy's frustrated. His wife, she doesn't like good food. She likes lame, boring food. Well, I was explaining to you, I married a woman who came from Canada, and her food taste sucked. It was the most boring, bland, lame food taste ever. You just got to start slow. You just have to start slow and ease it in. She wouldn't even eat black pepper on her food. She thought it was too hot when we first got married. So I would start adding just a little of it. And not not sneaking it, just, just a little of it. Well... To this day, I don't remember the last time I've seen her eat something without dumping a half gallon of hot sauce on it. You have to start slow. So your food communist wife, she can wake up. It's just going to take time. Moving on. 
the most vocal and wise oracle of food options. You know what? We'll come back to that in a second. Dr. Jesse, I'm a simple 59-year-old woman working in a middle school in Washington State, Ugh, surrounded by liberals and disrespectful students. As support staff, she says she's a secretary. Answer me this, Jesse. Please answer me this. What can we do? Simple, right? What can we do as common folk? Don't tell me to vote, she says. I will do that, even though I don't trust it. What do we do to stop the madness? Seriously, someone give us an answer. I'm asking you. It feels like they have us over a barrel, and I can't take it. I need to do something, but I don't know what to do, and I know there are more out there like me. Well, one, uh, I'm not just trying to make you feel better. There are tens of millions of people out there like you. And I want to caution everybody hearing my voice right now who lives in a blue area especially. You're in Washington State. I know there are all kinds of people listening to me on the great WOR in New York, LA, all these blue areas. When you're a conservative in one of these areas, it's easy to feel alone. You are not alone alone. You may be outnumbered severely in your particular area, but there are tens of millions of people who feel exactly like you do, lady. All right? Exactly like you do. Pick your chin up. You are not alone. That's one. Two, what can you do? We have this feeling. I get it all the time, too. And I have this this big platform, right? We have this feeling where we want to fix everything. We see everything that's wrong, and we want to fix it. We want it fixed. How do I do it? How do I fix everything? You have to understand. You have to get it through your head. You can't fix everything. You can't even fix most things. The the, the problems are too vast, and they're beyond the reach of you. They're beyond the reach of me. Now, hold on, hold on. Don't, don't, don't get disheartened here. I'm going somewhere with this. You know, somebody told me once, one time, and it was great, great, great advice. He said, you know, Jesse, there are no two people in the world who have the exact same circle. I said, what are you talking about, same circle? He said, I'm talking about family, friends, everything else. Nobody's immediate circle is exactly the same. What, so what am I saying? All right, you're a 59-year-old secretary in a middle school surrounded by a bunch of spoiled brats and communist teachers. All right, that sucks. There's at least one person in your life you can bring over to our side. You can start gently and start bringing one person over. Oh, but Jesse, how does that save the country? No, you don't understand. You can't save the country. I can't save the country. We have to chop away at all of our circles, little by little by little by little, a little bit at a time. The communists didn't get to this point of power in the United States of America yesterday. This didn't start in. This didn't start with Barack Obama. It didn't start with Bill Clinton. It didn't. It didn't start that way. It did not. This was decades and decades and decades of them doing exactly what I just told you to do. One person, come up with one person in your life, a friend, a sister, a brother, someone at church, somebody, one person, and start working on them. One person. If everybody did that, 
how much do we gain? How many do we gain? That wasn't me trying to say it's insurmountable. It was me trying to say it's insurmountable for one person. I I I I I, get, I fall into this trap too, just like you do. I'll wake up and there'll be some new crap headline, and I'll think, "Oh my gosh, I gotta fix it all." I can't fix it all. I'm just a dude. You can't fix it all. You're just a lady. All right, one person in your life. That's what you work on. Doctor Jesse, my name is Peter, and I have a question for you. I am a college senior. That reminds me, his name is Peter. I had food delivered, I think it was yesterday or the day before, by somebody who spelled their name P-H-U-C. And yes, I understand that is a Vietnamese name. P-H-U-C. Just, yes, Chris. Yes, that's uh, yes, that's exactly right. And man, think about how rough school was for that kid. Anyway, moving on. My name is Peter, and I have a question for you. I'm a college senior, and I'm currently looking for a job but I'm not vaccinated and don't plan on getting it anytime soon. However, thanks to the vaccine mandate, all the companies I would apply to will likely require the vaccine. So I'm stuck in the same position as a lot of other people where I either get the shot or don't work. I know on your show, you talk a lot about the dozens of people who send you emails saying they're walking away from jobs because of the vaccine. I have no idea if this is allowed or at all possible, but I would love to get in touch with those people. Or maybe you have another recommendation for what young kids entering the workforce should do. You've talked a lot about how people who oppose the vaccine mandate need to find each other and get together and push back. Unfortunately, this show is just about the only outlet I have. I'm in college where everyone is vaccinated, including all my friends. The the recruiters that come to campus, I'm assuming, are all vaccinated, as are the professors and advisors. I'm the only member of my family who's not vaccinated, so their sympathy is pretty slim. There are, there's lots of complacency among people who are vaccinated because they don't think the mandates affect them and are equally unlikely to help someone in a position like mine. If I'm going to find a job, I need help. And there's nobody in my immediate circle I can talk to, so I'm turning to you. Anything would help. Have a fantastic day. Peter, I will help you out in just a second. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show, final hour on a Friday, and ask Dr. Jesse Friday. I'm not going to read the whole email again, but essentially he's in college. He feels alone. He is not vaccinated. He's worried about when he graduates, he won't be able to find a job because he's not vaccinated. His entire family is vaccinated. All of his fellow students, professors are vaccinated. Hear me out now, brother, because his name is Peter. Peter, hear me out. You are all alone. Right now, you're not about to be. You are right now in a situation where you couldn't possibly be more isolated from all the people who think like you think. You're in the middle of a communist training camp. It doesn't last forever. When you leave that college campus, you're never going to go back. You are going to get your butt to a red area of some kind You're going to find a million employers who are dying for an independent thinker like you. Every company is not out there requiring vaccines. Yes, tons of the huge corporations are because they're lame and weak and pathetic. There are companies all across this country 
not requiring the vaccines. I know of, of several business owners right here in Houston. In fact, I don't, I don't know if I know one of them that is requiring vaccines of his employees. You have options. It doesn't feel like you have options because you're stuck on a college campus. You have options. Lots of them. All right? Chin up. Chin up. Look, I know it'll make you feel better. Here is the Speaker of the House, um, Hammered. And, and that's why I said that. Yeah. We got it. We got it. <laughs> Thank you all very much. It's going to be a eventful day. Perhaps I'll see you along the way. Hi. Perhaps I'll see you along the way. Think positive. I want to party with Nancy. <laughs> I got to be honest. I don't know if I can hang with that old bird. Good grief. You know what? You know what? You know what Peter needs, Chris? You know what America needs right now? You know. Don't you feel better now? The Frito Bandito is there for you, and so am I. Which is good because apparently, apparently the FBI is actually worse than we thought. Now, I, w- I want everyone to remember, the FBI is still out there tracking down the people who sauntered into the Capitol on January 6th. Uh, there's this group out there called Antifa. I know you know who they are. They've been, uh, I don't know, vandalizing and murdering people for years. Do you think the FBI is all over this group? Well, you'd be wrong. Under the anti-government uh, category or subcategory of domestic terrorism, would that include groups like Antifa or Black Lives Matter, uh, folks who commit violence or acts of domestic terrorism? Well, we don't identify uh, groups, uh, but individuals' actions. So if individuals uh, are committing actions that would be in furtherance of anti-government or uh, anarchist ideals, then they would fall into that category. So would you quantify Antifa as an anti-anarchist group then under that subcategory? I mean, it's an anarchist group, right? Or related? There are individuals, uh, I think the director has previously described them as a movement, um, and there have been individuals that have associated or identified with uh, Antifa that have con- uh, conducted uh, violent acts that we would categorize as anarchist. Let's be honest. I mean, just, it feels terrible saying it, but it's true. The FBI has become the enforcement arm of the Democratic Party, and they're not interested in Black Lives Matter or Antifa because Black Lives Matter and Antifa are two branches of the Democratic Party. It's not more complicated than that. It's not. If there was one right-wing riot out there that committed even one act of violence like Antifa has been doing routinely across this country for years, they would all find themselves in federal prison quickly. But... Our government, including our FBI, CIA, it is completely occupied now by communists. Completely. They're all aiming at you, and that's a fact. Hey, Jesse. Love your show. 
Without you, the word awesome just wouldn't mean as much. That's so true, Chris. Now that the butt kissing is out of the way, I am very confused why people are agreeing that January 6th was so terrifying to those in the Capitol building. I do realize someone overboard. No one seemed to raise an eyebrow when Jeff Flake was cornered in an elevator during the Kavanaugh hearings. The actions of these people are, are actually welcomed. Well, this actually goes back to exactly what we were just talking about. One, I am thinking back to that loser Jeff Flake getting screamed at and pooping his pants in the elevator, and that was hilarious. Two, let's be honest about January 6th. Yeah, obviously got, got out of hand, shouldn't have happened, fine. It wasn't even a fraction as bad as what all the communists have been doing routinely. But this goes back to what we were just talking about, about Antifa. The federal government, all of it, including most of the Republicans in Congress and the Senate, the federal government, they think the Republican base, they think the right-wing base is the enemy. Everything else is acceptable that they can see enemy. And there's another part of the January 6th thing. You see this a lot with pundits and politicians on the right. They get scared into adopting the left's narrative right off the bat. I remember that day. I remember that day I was out. Uh, I forget what I was doing. Probably something super celebrity-like and important. What, Chris? But I forget what I was doing. But I was out doing something, and I get a text from my sister. She says, they're raiding the Capitol? And I said, what? what? So I got home, and I checked everything out, and, and then I got on social media. And here's what I saw. <clears throat> I saw the left obviously freaking out. An insurrection, a coup, it's violent. And it took about half a second for all the pundits, TV, radio guys, and politicians on the right to adopt that language immediately. This is an insurrection. This is unacceptable. These people should be in jail forever. Wait a minute. We don't even have any details yet. We don't know anything yet. Why are you, why are you immediately parroting exactly what the left says? But this is what the right does all the time because we have a bunch of useless cowards on our side and the communists have all the fighters. Well, not all of them, but most of the fighters. The communists will decide on a narrative right off the bat. St. George Floyd's the best example of this. St. George Floyd dies. Immediately, the communists decide, oh, there's an opportunity here. Cops are the enemy. Uh, America's racist and cops are the enemy. Uh, cops are the We need police reform. And what did the right do? I mean, there were no, there was no statistical evidence to back up these claims, none whatsoever. Anyone with real knowledge of what goes on in the urban black community knows the cops are not the problem. In fact, cops are an ingrained part of the community. They're friends with the community. So why did virtually every pundit and politician on the right either go quiet, go really quiet, or, yeah, you know what? We do need police reform. It, America has been, it is an ugly racist place. Uh, where, where's Tim Scott? Tim? Tim, can we get a federal police reform bill? Where, where, the cops do suck. Why does this happen? Because we don't have fighters. We just, we just don't have people who are willing to be criticized. And, and I understand that I'm a sociopath, so that's why I, I, I don't bother. I, the criticism doesn't bother me. It just does nothing to me. In fact, I know this is sick and it's probably wrong. I enjoy it. I really, I really genuinely enjoy it. I mean, you can ask Chris. I just genuinely I, I enjoy it. I think it's hilarious. But that's not the state of mind of most of our political leaders and pundits. They don't like getting yelled at. 
They don't like text messages from their mom. Did you hear what they said about you on Facebook, honey? They don't like the reporter getting in their face on the way from their congressional office to the car. And the truth is a lot of the people who make our media on the right, again, TV and radio, they live, work, and worship in D.C. or New York, and they they don't want to get yelled at when they're out at the bar on Friday. No, 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 I'm one of the good ones. No, I'm one of the reasonable Republicans. I'm one of the good ones. Don't yell at me. That's why January 6th is thought of the way it is, because nobody had the guts, or I shouldn't say nobody, very few people had the guts to step up early on and say, hold on, hold on, can we get some details here? No, five people were murdered. Wait, what what do you mean five people were murdered? And it turned out there was only one person shot that day, and her name was Ashley Babbitt, and she was shot by the Capitol Police officer who shot her with a SWAT team right behind her. Nobody else, no one else was murdered that day. Half this country believes five people were murdered that day. And half the right on that day said five people murdered. Oh, now they're all quiet. Now that it's too late, you can always count on the right to arrive at the correct position on an issue at the precise moment it stops doing any meaningful good. All right. Which is why I like companies like Pure Talk, by the way. Companies with actual guts. You know the guts it takes to be a patriotic company in this day and age. Oh, and did I mention if you got Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, one of the big guys, you get to save on average. The average family saves over $800 a year when they switch to Pure Talk and you're not sacrificing coverage. They're on the same network as one of those big guys and switching. It is cake. You call their customer service. It's located right here in America. You keep your phone. You keep your number. Or they have huge discounts on new iPhones and Androids. This place is awesome. Oh, and the the CEO? Vietnam veteran. From your cell phone right now. Dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's pound 250, say Jesse Kelly. You'll have the option to receive a one-time auto-dial text message from Pure Talk. Go switch today. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. I got up and started dancing because I was feeling the spirit. (laughs) Oh, gosh. It's never going to get old. In case you forgot, that's San Francisco's mayor. Her name is London Breed. On my life, I didn't make that up. That's actually her name. That was her when she got caught after handing out a mask mandate. Out she goes without a mask. She was feeling the spirit, baby. Coronavirus can't get through the spirit. Everybody knows that. (laughs) Before I get to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions, I do, once again, you know, I love, to, I love to find young talent, right? I love to find talent out there that I think is really special in our business. So when I turned on Tucker Carlson last night and saw this guy, I thought, man, there it is. I will actually disagree with you on something. I don't think most people looked at that video and thought, I want to go to Florida. I think maybe half the country looked at that video and thought they wanted to go to Florida. I think people look at those videos you were just playing from Australia, and I think half the country wants that here. I do not think we are a one nation anymore. We are at least two separate nations. And that they're putting out attack pieces that look like puff pieces to people like you and me tells you all you need to know. 
Boy, I, I, I hope you're wrong. Part of me senses you're not wrong. You really are wrong, I've noticed. Um, so I wonder if people who looked at that Ron DeSantis ad or looked at the Australia footage and said, oh, I'm really glad the cops are beating unarmed protesters with batons for not wearing masks, maybe those people will be deterred from going to Florida or other free states. That's why I think we're already separating as a nation, because I think they are, Tucker. I think it shows that when you look at the people leaving California and going to a place like Texas, we have numbers now. They are mostly Republican. It's mostly Republicans leaving New York and going to Florida. The nation is separating because we are such different people. Tucker, what do we have in common anymore? Well, one, one side believes babies should be protected. The other openly brags about slaughtering them. One side believes basic biology things. A man born a man remains a man. The other side believes that can be taken care of with a scalpel and some lipstick. We don't have things in common. Even our foreign adversaries. China's our enemy. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs, he's inside China. The only person deeper inside China than him is Eric Swalwell. Half the country knows China's an enemy. We just don't share things in common. <laughs> I'm sorry, the Swalwell stuff just always gets me. <laughs> oh, remember the House Intelligence Committee, sex with a Chinese spy. Thank you for reminding us of that, Jesse Keller. There, there was a silver lining to the dark cloud of your analysis. Great to see you. <laughs> I had him rolling on that one. <laughs> All right, back to your question. Oh, you know what? Let's, let's dwell on that again for just a quick second. Like I said in the beginning of the show, you have New York's Governor Hochul. You have Newsom. You have these blue states, and they're going nutball. They're absolutely going nutball. They're going all in. More mandates, more requirements, more this. And then you have red areas in the country. They're racing the opposite way. This is dividing the nation. And it wouldn't be dividing the nation if the communists would just leave us alone. The problem is it's dividing the nation because they don't have any intention of just ruining California. They want to ruin all of it. That's what the, that's where the problem is. Dear Dr. Big Guns Kelly, you can have any superpower imaginable. However, the trade-off is that you know you will die at midnight on your 68th birthday. If you choose not to have a superpower, you have no idea when you'll die but you, you are guaranteed to make it to at least 80. What superpower, if any, would you choose? Okay, well, one, I'm absolutely having a superpower. Uh, what's another 12 years on this planet in the grand scheme of things? I'm probably not making it past 68 anyway. I'm staring at half a pizza and ranch dressing and cheese sticks. Let's be honest. 68 is the best I could hope for anyway. What would the superpower be? That's tough. That's tough. I know this is going to sound kind of weird. I know it would. I've always thought it would be really fun to be the Flash. How much fun would that be to be able to move at that speed? Think about how much stuff you could do. Think how many banks you could rob. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're not going to rob banks. What what superpower am I missing, Chris? Everyone says flight. I think that's overrated. I mean, I think here, I shouldn't say overrated. I think it would get old faster than you think. I mean, it'd always be convenient. Hey, at least I can skip traffic, right? But I, I don't think the excitement would always be there with flight. Plus, if that's the only superpower you've got, what if a plane runs into you or something? It's dangerous out there. You're not Superman. What, Chris? Teleportation? 
Dang, that is better than my speed one. Well, thanks a lot, Chris, for ruining this segment. We're moving on. The most vocal and wise oracle of food options. Please provide insight into the best national chain restaurant to get a taco, to get a great taco slash Mexican meal. And what should I order? Well, that's not hard at all. You go down to Taco Bell, all right? You go down to Taco Bell. Hear me out. Hold up, everybody. Hold up. You get a cheesy gordita crunch, all right? A cheesy gordita crunch. What that is, they lay the gordita out flat. That's the soft pita bread part. And they spread a bunch of cheese on it. And then they wrap it They they, they wrap it around a hard taco and they melt the cheese. So already you have this layer of cheese. Then they put that super high-quality T-Bell meat in there. And you want to get the lettuce removed. You don't want lettuce. It's not a freaking salad. And they put this spicy ranch on there. Get some Diablo sauce. So you need at least two of those. And then you don't have to go complicated at T-Bell. In fact, you really don't want to go complicated at T-Bell because I don't know that there are dumber employees on the face of the planet. And I love T-Bell, right? I'm not anti-T-Bell, but... My word, who is handling the hiring over there? Anyway, then you just get two orders of nachos with cheese, just the chips and cheese. I would not recommend getting something big like the Nachos Bel Grande. Sometimes it delivers. Sometimes it's a big old soggy mess. And it's yeah, Just get the regular chips and cheese, which reminds me I have something else before I get to this thing on Clay about Clay and Buck in their show. The next time you're at a party and there is a a queso option, do not put the chips down and put the queso on top of it. Stop being a slave to tradition. Put the queso down first, then the chips go on top of the queso. This allows you to always have access to a dry, clean grip on a chip and it gives you much more control over the amount of queso per chip. I'm here to help you. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show tackling the difficult issues today. Chris actually shockingly came up came up with a good idea during the break that I'm now going to take for myself. So I just had this great idea. Nachos, the big plate of nachos... Overrated anyway. Just put all the ingredients you want in a dip and dip it. So I'm glad I thought of that. But while we're on this, I do need to speak to all the restaurant owners and managers out there. This has been a frustration of mine for some time, and I just have to get this off my chest. When a customer comes in and orders nachos, your chef, he gets the order, nachos, And he quite obviously thinks this is a throwaway order. The nachos served to you in restaurants are so grossly unacceptable. Why? It's obvious the chef gets the nacho order and simply grabs a handful of chips and chucks them on the plate. And then he just grabs some cheese and globs it on and grabs a clump of meat and plugs it on. And no care whatsoever to make sure anything's evenly distributed. He just dumps a bunch of crap on a plate and hands it out. Put some effort into your nachos. The nacho may be a throwaway order for the chef, 
I promise you it is not a throwaway order for the person like me who would like some sort of even evened out proportions of cheese and meat and everything else on the nacho. There, I had to get that off my chest. Dear Shogun, the communist vaccine mandate against conservatives will have collateral damage. The African-American community remains disproportionately unvaccinated. Do you think the communists will make race-based exceptions on unemployment? He said, thanks. I can, he's, my, he's my biggest fan. He says I can use his name. His name is David. I, I don't know. I've heard this before. Are black people going to start voting Republican and whatnot? I don't know about that. I, I've seen Republicans lie to themselves about that a lot over the years. I mean, Donald Trump did as much uh, black outreach as any president, and they still, I mean, what was it, 90% went, went in and voted for Joe Biden. There's just a ton of tradition there that's very, very difficult to overcome. People tend to vote how mom voted and then how grandma voted and whatnot. I mean, uh, Chris's people, too. Two-thirds of Jews in this country vote Democrat every time. And my, a lot of my Jewish friends will tell me, you have to understand People who who are more religiously Jewish do not, but people who are just you know uh, what is it ethnically? I think he said culturally Jewish. They will. They're they're Democrats. The, the religious Jews are not, and there's just a ton of tradition there with it. So that's difficult to overcome. Um, I don't know if the vaccine mandate. Look, I'm not black. I don't know if the vaccine mandate stuff turns is going to turn a lot of black people against Joe Biden and the communists. I don't know. I do know this though. We've seen a lot of NBA players in recent days coming out and being anti-vaccine and anti-vaccine mandate. A lot. And I have to tell you, I never saw that coming from the NBA. I mean, they were the Black Lives Matter League last year and the year before. Uh, They are being vocal against this thing. So I don't know. Look, also remember, uh, black people are probably rightfully so a bit more suspicious of government forcing them into things understandably so. So I've always thought, and I don't know this, maybe just wishful thinking, I've always thought being part of the conservative counterculture, which is what we are now, we are the counterculture, I've always thought that is a more natural fit for black people. I don't know, maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that's why I get along with them so well. What, Chris? Have I done a history on the Tuskegee experiments? I have not. I know about them, and I should do, I should actually do those too. But yeah, that's a great example Um yeah, the black people are probably going to be a bit more hesitant than everyone else. I, I said this when de Blasio passed his stupid vaccine mandate for New York City, ruining the city I love. 27% of black people in New York were vaccinated. 27%. So you just told three-quarters of the people in New York, three-quarters of the black people in New York, they're not allowed to eat in restaurants? Uh, woza. You have fun with that, pal. But we'll see. Look, we'll see. Anyway. Dr. Jesse, I will be hearing you momentarily on Clay and Buck show. Oh, he must have sent this earlier. Yeah, I was on Clay and Buck show earlier. My question is, if you were marooned on a desert island, uh, if you had to be marooned on a desert island with one of them, who would it be? In a follow-up, if you were marooned with both of them, which one would you eat to survive? I love this show, and you can say my name. Uh, see... I know Clay. I'm going to be hanging out with Clay. I'm, I'm probably going to go to the Texas A&M Alabama game with him in a couple weeks. So I know Clay, but I don't know him that well yet. I'm sure we will. I'm close personal friends with Buck, so I'd probably rather be marooned with Buck. That said, if I was marooned with both of them, 
Clay and I would definitely have to murder Buck because he has this really weird diet, and I can't be accommodating that when I'm stuck on an island. Sorry, bud. Dear Dr. J. Steele Many Guns Kelly, I I may have the opportunity to work in Brazil next summer. Before I go, I need your advice on something. If I'm abducted and held for ransom, should I sit tight and hope my company pays the ransom or attempt to overpower my captors? Says I can say his name on the air. What, Chris? Let me tell you something, young man, who's going to work in Brazil. One, I hope you were a single fella because you're probably going to enjoy yourself down there. That's one. Two, you know the story of Julius Caesar, right? I mean, people do know this story. If you don't, allow me to elaborate on one of the cooler stories about the coolest historical person ever. Julius Caesar, when he was a young man, I believe he was 18. I may have that wrong. I believe he was 18. Julius Caesar was abducted by pirates. This is not uncommon. Pirates would abduct people and hold them for ransom. Julius Caesar was abducted, and he asked them how much they were asking for his ransom. They told him. I forget the number. I'm doing this off the top of my head. He was horrified that they were asking for such a small amount. He was offended beyond belief. He demanded they ask for more, that he was saying he was much more important than that. Then, while people were out gathering up his ransom, he would keep his captors up at night singing and reading poetry to them. He also told them as soon as he got released, he was going to come back and crucify all of them. He did get released, and then he promptly, before going home, he didn't run home and talk to mom. He promptly raised a mini army and took them back and crucified the pirates he said he was going to crucify. Now, young man who's going to get kidnapped in Brazil, do you want to be like Julius Caesar or not? All that said, the smart thing is probably just to wait for the company to pay the ransom. No, in all seriousness, this is a big thing. I know this is a big thing in a lot of Latin America. Uh, one of my buddies, he he traveled the world. His dad was a big oil guy, and I was in the Marine Corps with him. And he used to tell me stories about. I mean, they they he he'd live in Indonesia, he'd live in Colombia, and he said Colombia is just one of those wild places where they were immediately assigned. He never went anywhere. No one in their family did without multiple professional bodyguards. They were paid for by the oil contractors. And he said it wasn't so much about murder, although that happens. It was kidnapping for ransom. Was just it's just a major industry in those places. Mexico, it's a big. It's just something people do. So that being said, you should probably just wait for the ransom because. Not always, obviously, but oftentimes they will just let you go. They just want the ransom. Shoot, they'll probably kidnap you again. Dear Dr. J. Steele, many guns. Oh, never mind. I just read that one. Keep me in line, Chris. Gosh. It's fairly obvious that you only have a few community college credits because you have clearly never cracked open a history book. I love the hate ones. Sorry, I can't help myself. I tuned in for five minutes while searching for the football game. Oh, you liar. You listened to all three hours. Anyway, and I heard you demand for what can only be described as a Stalin-style purge of the U.S. military. You should read about it. It did not go well for the Red Army in the early years of the war. You also seem to be under the impression the U.S. military is controlled by the Communist Party. So my question for you is this. Are you beeping stupid? Only he said the word. This is a serious question. How is it that a moron like you is allowed to speak nonsense on the radio for three hours a day? You only tune in for five minutes, and yet you know how long the show is, too. Hmm. Anyway, he says he would like a reply. Let's give him one. Hang on. It's all part of my fantasy. I love the music 
Jesse Kelly Show final segment. And remember, if you missed any part of our show on this Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, catch the whole thing on podcast on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. You can still email. You're more than welcome to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. All your emails go right to Chris. He prints them all out for me. I read every one. I won't respond. I'm too rude. The question was, it was a hateful email. (laughs) The guy wants to know basically how I'm allowed. The question was, how is it that a moron like you is allowed to speak nonsense on the radio for three hours a day? Well, you have to understand something, buddy. I lucked into it. It's just that simple. I lucked into it, and for some reason, people enjoy it. So I know you're listening again because you didn't just flip through for five minutes. You listened all three hours, and now you're listening again, hoping I answer your question. I'm going to be on the radio again tomorrow. Well, not tomorrow. Tomorrow's Saturday. But I'm going to be on the radio again next week and the week after that and the week after that and the week after that, and you're still going to be listening. Now, who's the winner here? Hello, Miniguns Steel the Third. As you noted in last night's show, coronavirus cases are going to begin spiking in the north and northeast because people are staying inside for the winter. We all know this to be true, the truth behind the case spikes. However, the truth is not an option for these crazy commies. They are never going to all of a sudden realize the truth. Instead, they will double down on the lie and blame this all on the unvaccinated. As an unvaccinated university student, Nabelli of the Beast I'm legitimately worried about what these tyrants will try to do to the unvaccinated in the next six months. No one would have dreamed even two months ago you would lose your job not getting the jab. What can we expect these nutters to try and pull against the unvaxxed in the coming months? He said, I love the show. I need more Frito Bandito. All right, listen. Where I think this goes from here, and I don't have some inside knowledge on this, but where I think this goes from here, I think they are going to try to restrict your travel. I do. I do. They, they, it's something they've, they've floated it out there a couple times. I think they're going to try to make it so you can't fly on a plane. What, Chris? Chris, is, is it guys at the border of the states asking for your papers? I don't know. I don't know that they'll be able to pull something like that off. I do think with this, with this regime, this tyrannical, I do think they'll be able to pull off air travel. The problem with putting people at the states on the state borders is who are you putting there? You're not, it wouldn't be allowed. The red state, like a a state like uh, Florida or Texas or Alabama or something like that, who are the border guards exactly? You can't put the border patrol there. That wouldn't be allowed. You're going to call in the military and occupy an American state? That, I mean, gosh, you're going to kick off a civil war with something like that. You see what I mean? You need some federal force to put there, and a red state would not allow it. They would simply not allow it. Now, I guess I could see the blue states bowing to that and checking people coming in from the red states. Maybe they could put their own guards on there. That that I could absolutely see happening. But there's there's very little I can't see them trying. They're not Again, they're not tired. They're not stopping. They are full steam ahead. They are all in on this, and they are enjoying it. They have no intention of slowing down. I mean, listen to this person. This is the president of the United States of America. Does he sound like somebody who's about to back off? The vast majority of Americans are doing the right thing. 
Three quarters of the eligible have gotten at least one shot. But one quarter has not gotten any. And in a country as large as ours, that's 25 percent minority can cause an awful lot of damage. And they are causing a lot of damage. The unvaccinated overcrowd our hospitals, overrunning emergency rooms and intensive care units, leaving no room for someone with a heart attack or a cancer operation needed to get the life-saving care because the places where they would get that care are crowded. They are not available. The unvaccinated also put our economy at risk, recovery at risk, causing unease in the economy around the, and uh, causing unease around the kitchen table. I can imagine what's going on in the conversations this morning, a lot of parents wondering what's going to happen. What's going to happen? Those who have been vaccinated, what's going to happen? Potentially slowing economic growth, costing jobs. The refusal has cost all of us. The refusal to get vaccinated has cost all of us. That's the president of the United States. Does that sound like the guy who's about to back off? Oh, no, 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 no. It's full steam ahead for these people. Jesse, as America is so very polarized and as commies seek to destroy our great nation from within and without, do you think the time has come for states to go their separate ways? Or should we continue along the current course and risk a very bloody civil conflict? Both are very real possibilities. Look, I've said this all along. I think the states should go their separate ways. I do. And that's not because I'm excited about that. I think that's awful. I think it's terrible we couldn't hold this thing together. But I do see real, real ugly trouble coming. Ugly trouble coming if we do not. But that's not going to happen, at least not in the short term. Just not in the short term. There aren't, uh, there aren't near enough of our elected leaders who would sign on for that? It is funny though. They're starting to poll it. You know, they're starting to poll regular people and see what people think. A large percentage of the country, the majority of the right, and almost half the left, they want to go their separate ways. They, that, that, that's just why I've said it's inevitable. We are we are already two different nations. We just happen to be living in the same house. We are two different nations. We don't have a single thing in common anymore. There's no need to keep doing this. Why are we fighting every night? Well, why'd you throw the TV remote at me? There's no need. There's no need. We're different people. We grew apart. It sucks. It's terrible. No, nothing to celebrate. But, man, let's, let's stop getting the cops called on us. Dear or Dr. J. Steele Kelly III, with the best of your community college education, please help me to understand why people want you dead. What is the most commonly used reason in the death threats? I love the show and the audio of Nancy yesterday had me in tears. You know, the ones I get the most from are the Black Lives Matter terrorists. I get the most from those. They just they just automatically go to threats of violence. But that doesn't work with me. Don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> All right, keep your chin up. Enjoy your weekend. There are tens of millions of people who think like you. We'll do it again on Monday. That's all. So-